just want to welcome you. If this is your first time spending the morning with us, we welcome you to our 10 a.m. here at Central Family Church. And my name is Heather Tipton. I'm Pastor Susan's wife. And uh, we're just excited to be um, sharing with you the word this morning. I have a, a couple other communicators up here with me this morning. Um, our doc, um, Mackenzie Hill. Can you give it up for Mackenzie? Um, and kind of new to Coastal um, is our nephew, Bryce Kendi. And um, give it up for Bryce. And um, many um, of you have seen Bryce. He's um, um, closing out a lot of our services um, along with Keith Truelove. And so we're excited. I just want to share this kind of going in um, service. We've been preparing for this service for a while. And next week, um, if this is your first time with us, you might have never heard, or maybe you've just been coming to Coastal for a short period of time. Um, we are in preparation for At The Movement, which is um, a service that we do next week that's very much geared um, towards someone maybe who's far from God or who's never met God. So it's an opportunity not for you not to come. It's an opportunity for you to come and bring someone with you. And it's our whole goal. It's our whole heart. And a lot of times here at Coastal, um, um, you know, as pastors, I just want to share this. As pastors, there is a balance. There's a balance of growth and planting. How many of you know that? Um, you have to grow the thing. Have, you have to take care of the things that you planted, right? Anybody have a garden? Do I have any gardeners? I know Josh and Hannah have a nice garden. Any any other? Anybody have a flower? Just a flower garden? Oh, okay. Or Kenzie has a tower garden in her house. I don't, um, she grows fruits and vegetables on that. But how many of you know that even if you don't have any of those things, there's still the truth that whatever you plant, you then have to take care of. But the other part is, is so as pastors, we're we're. We're balancing and navigating the idea of always bringing those that are far from God in here, but then growing the ones that know God up to do the work of the ministry. And so I, I would say that um, Coastal Family Church would be, um, I would say we're 75% a growth church. I would say we're, 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 we, we teach the word so that you can grow up spiritually. That is one of our heart. We don't, I, I hate to say this, but nobody likes a 40-year-old who acts like a 17-year-old. Right? In the natural in the natural, you don't really care for it and the spirit either. It's not a good spiritual quality either. And so our heart is to grow people up spiritually so that they'll do the work of the ministry. Um, but every now and again, we have a heart to bring those that are far from God and give you an opportunity to bring people who might not know God or maybe people who have walked away back. And this is what this service is. And so I've asked Mackenzie and Tommy to join with me. I, I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Mackenzie and Bryce. Tommy's Mackenzie's husband. I've asked, I've asked Mackenzie and Bryce to share with me the service. And I want to encourage you with something as you're sitting out there. Um, these are fairly new communicators. They do communicate with youth, but it's not um, very often they get to speak a whole lot with adults. And so um, I always know that as an adult, even I'm always nervous, so I, I kind of guarantee that they are a little bit right now. And I, I, a couple uh, months ago, I spoke and taught a service called Homegrown. Anybody remember the service I called Homegrown? I had a fruits and vegetables stand up here. And um, I talked about homegrown. And when God started dealing with me about that service, it, it was to encourage all of us that there are some amazing gifts and callings within our own body, within our own congregation. And if we're not careful, you can idolize things like people in California or Texas or New York. And you can look at those gifts and go, well, those are really great gifts. But I want to tell you something. You have some really great gifts in the house. How many of you know that, that Ainsley has been tutored and nurtured by Hannah. And she's, how old? 17? 17. How many of you know by the time she's 25, she's going to be rocking it out, you know? And, but it takes that. And I, what I love 
this is something that I love about Coast Family Church. We are the young and the older working together. I love it because at the at the end, Bryce is going to tell you um, if you want to join a small group that we're completely digital. Some people don't know how to do that. So he's like, hey, don't worry. I'm here to help you. But but the other thing is, is our young people need the wisdom. And, and, and us older people, we need their energy. Amen? How many of you want the energy of a 20-year-old? Yes, me too. But, but working together. And so I encourage you this morning as they grab a mic and, and function under the anointing and the calls of God on their life, that you amen them and encourage them and bring out the gifts that are on the inside of them. Because there's some amazing gifts. And I want to encourage not just in them, but there's an amazing gift even sitting in the person beside you. And do you ha- I want to encourage you with this strongly, is that most of the time the gifts aren't developed by ourselves. They're developed by people putting a demand on the gifts. So if you're, if you're near somebody who you think, man, you've been sitting on your gift way too long, you should get off your booty and do something with that. And, and, and so I encourage you with that very much. But we're going to go ahead and get started. So at the movies, it is a service that is primarily for you. We are going to create an environment. I really are. We're going to create an environment. It's going to be a moment, okay, a moment that's going to turn into our mission. Next week, we're going to create a moment. But we don't just want to create a moment. We have a mission behind the moment. And that, um, at the movies, we take a, a short a film and we um, look at it and we turn it into clips. And then Pastor Stephen teaches the word throughout that. We have popcorn. How many like popcorn? Well, you're at 10 a.m. So you're going to eat it. At 8.30, we'll too. But we're going to have popcorn and things out in there. And we're going to create an environment that's a little bit different from a regular church experience. Now, I want to say something to you. If you're sitting here this week and you're not here next week, I'm going to be sad. Because you're really, you really have forgotten the very mission that you're on this earth for. I know this because in Luke, if Jesus had one, one main thought through his whole ministry here on this earth, one main thought. And he gave it to the disciples as he was getting ready to leave this earth. And he said, I've come that I may what? Anybody know what the scripture says? Seek and what? Seek and what? Okay, say it with me. He came to what? Seek and what? He said, I've come to seek. Actually, in one translation, it says, I've come to look for. Say look for. I've come to look for and redeem those that don't know me. And when he left this earth, what he did in all reality was he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and then he passed the baton and said the same mission that I was about is the same mission that you're to be about. So in all reality, as Frank's driving to work, as Cowboy's driving to work, as you're driving to work, as you guys are driving to work, you know, as you're, as you're taking your kids to school, as you're, as you're doing your, you should wake up and talk to yourself like this. I'm about my father's business. When you wake up in the morning, you should say this. You should say, you know what, Father God, I thank you that today I'm going to be like Jesus on this earth. I'm going to look for, look for. I'm going to, now here's the interesting part. You can't save them, but you can bring them to the Savior. I'm going to look for people that are far from him, and we're going to create that service for them. We hope to model Jesus in every way, and we do that by looking for those that are lost. So today, I'm going to start off by reading you a portion of Scripture. It's the same account, but it's in two different portions of Scripture. I'm going to read it to you first in the book of Mark, in the book of Mark chapter 1, or 2, the book of Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading out of a New Living Translation. And I'm going to read Mark chapter 2, 1 through 5. 
Mark chapter 2, 1 through 5. And when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of him. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Go ahead with me and turn, if you're in your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Luke. It's the next book, Luke chapter 5. It's right after Mark, Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read in verse 17, again out of the New Living Translation. Verse 17, here we go. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. So all these people who are kind of judgmental and think they're better than everyone. It seemed that these men showed up in every village and all of Galilee and Judea, as well as Jerusalem. How many of you know that those naysayers seem to follow you around? Anybody got any of those in their life? People that are always looking to find wrong with you? And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. And some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. And they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off the tiling. And then they lowered the sick man on his, on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you a mat carrier? Are you a mat carrier? For better or for worse, our faith affects others. We cannot make another person a Christian, but we can do much through our words and actions and love to give him or her a chance to respond. It's our heart's mission, Pastor Stephen's heart's mission. He's prepared. He's ready. He's excited. Even this morning, he leaned over to me and he said, sense something about at the meeting. I sense the presence of God is going to be here. It's our heart's mission to create an environment to give not only you, not only you who know Jesus and that are not far from God, but your friend, maybe your spouse, a son or a daughter, a neighbor, a co-worker, a cousin, a mom or dad, or truly anyone who God's given you influence, an open door and an opportunity for their hearts to be changed and for restoration to truly come into their life. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing today? Yeah. So, maybe you're sitting in here, and you're wondering, what does this portion of Scripture have to do with me? Well, I'm here to tell you that every single one of you sitting in this crowd, you guys can think of someone who's paralyzed. And maybe not necessarily paralyzed like the man in the mat, but you can think of someone who's paralyzed maybe in their marriage. Maybe you can think of someone who's paralyzed with anxiety, fear, stress, depression. And these four friends, they identified someone in their life who had a need. And they knew that they could do something about it. They might not necessarily have been able to heal him and get his sins forgiven, but they knew that they could do something to get him to the place where he could receive the healing and restoration that he needed. 
So if we were to put ourselves in their shoes for just a minute, I'm wondering what type type of emotions they were experiencing in those moments when they were deciding whether they were going to carry this man, Lord knows how far, and they didn't even know what they were going to face, but I'm sure that they were considering the fact that they were going to face the Pharisees, that they were going to face people. And I'm wondering if some of their thoughts sounded a lot like this. Man, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm pretty sure he's going to say no. He's probably going to be, like, embarrassed to be carried in front of all these people. And so maybe that can sound like a lot like this to you. They're probably going to judge my music. They're probably going to be embarrassed to come to church now. The music's going to be here. It's never going to work. But despite their excuses, and despite the fact that they knew they were going to face obstacles, they decided that they were going to go to whatever lengths and whatever obstacles to get their friend that was paralyzed and on a mat to the place where they could receive healing and restoration. So here's my question for you. What lengths and what obstacles are you willing, what are we willing to face for our person who's paralyzed? Because I can promise you this. Jesus is going to show up, and he's going to give you boldness. He's going to give you the power to move past the excuses. But the devil's going to show up, and he's going to bring obstacles. These four friends, they got all the courage. They put him on a mat, put him on their shoulders, and they started walking. But little did they know that they were going to face the crowd. And so I'm going to tell you that you're going to face a crowd. And the crowd might not look like what their crowd looked like, but the crowd for you may look like this, uncomfortability. You know, Mama, right at worship, began speaking about that, about getting in the uncomfortable. I don't know if you've ever invited someone to church, but I can honestly say it is probably one of the most uncomfortable situations that you can be in, especially when they say no. Because you're like, okay, all right, have a great day, bye. And especially if they're your friends. If you're their friends, you see them every day, and then once they reject you, you have to build enough courage to go back to work the next day and still be normal. Honestly. But they were willing. They were willing to do it. So their obstacle was the crowd. They were willing to get past the awkward, to move to the place where he would receive healing and restoration. They found an alternate route. So they began to hike up those stairs. Could you imagine? Someone, I go to boot camp three days a week, and I can't imagine lifting a hundred and Lord knows how many pounds up the stairs. But they did it. And they began to hike up those stairs, but they encountered another obstacle, and that was the roof. And I don't know what the roof or the ceiling is in your life, but I can relate it to this. Sometimes the ceiling and the roof is ourselves. You can find yourselves hanging out with people at work, with your friends, and maybe you're still living the same lifestyle that they're living. 
when you find yourself uncomfortable, when you find yourself feeling insecure, well, I'm not good enough. They're, they're going to think that, what, you go to church? That's the insecurity. That's the devil speaking to you, telling you that you're not good enough. But I'm here to tell you that someone did die on the cross and make you worth enough. So what they did was they began to remove the tile. They began to remove the ceiling. And maybe even at one point, they had to bend. And they had to start going at it really hard. So sometimes with insecurity and feeling unworthy, being lightly like, okay, sometimes you got to hype yourself up. I got this. I'm worthy enough. They're going to they're gonna listen to me. I can do this. They removed the insecurity out of the situation, and they lowered him down into a place where he could receive healing and restoration. But the greatest part of this entire story, which is the greatest part for you, because who doesn't like to feel a reward? When I do something great, I love asking permission to see it as a blessing from God, right? When they lowered him down, and Jesus approached him. Do you want to know what he said to him? It was the four friends' faith who has made you whole. So maybe someone's going to decline you. Maybe someone's going to accept you. And you're going to have the courage to do it. But it's the seeds that you've sown. It's the boldness that you've stepped out in. It's the faith that you knew that they needed something that you had that will rescue them, that will help them get to a place where they can receive restoration and hope. First, they identified a friend in need. So hopefully while I've been speaking, you've identified someone in your life who's in a need, who needs restoration, who needs healing. And hopefully, you've hyped yourself up enough to move past the crowd and the uncomfortability. And I pray that through this week, that the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. And three, they removed the insecurity out of the situation. And they were willing to look past how they felt to do what God has actually called them to do, which is seek and save those who are lost. So my final question for you today as Christ gets ready to step in. Are you willing to step out in faith? To seek and save your person in need? Let's pray. Father God, a lot of times I think we look at this story and we think it's just those four men ran into that crowd and ran into that rooftop and talked to them. In that moment, they had a choice to make. Right then and there, they were faced with a choice, just like many of you are faced with a choice on a regular, everyday basis. And that was, am I going to push past these natural obstacles that I can do something about, that I personally can change, so that I can get them to the one obstacle, to the one man who can remove any obstacle that I can't change. You know, these men, these four men, they could bring these guys. Sure, no problem. We'll, 
you see the crowd, okay, we're moving this back, we're going to go up this. You start breaking down the numbers. I'm sure it's difficult. If you go up to any one of those three friends and you say, hey, man, well, why don't you just heal your buddy? They're going to just stare at you because they have to. That's why that never happens. They knew that Jesus did so I know many of you are in here this morning and you realize, man, I know somebody that, that's hurting big time. I'm sure by now you've already began to think about it. You got this person on your heart, or on your mind, or whatever, and man, man, it's going to be a problem if that person doesn't get out of their house. Man, it's going to be a problem if that person, that they should come to my church and that they should take a, a step of faith and believe in a God that you can't always, that you don't see. But these men decided to do it anyways, and I want to encourage you to do the same this morning. Because I want to read something to you. It's a scripture in John 16, 33. And it says, and we've actually used the scripture before, and I think it just hits home right now so much. It says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome you know, a lot of times when I think we think about this scripture here, we think about trials and sorrows and let's take heart in God because he's already overcome those situations. We think of something big like, like financially or we think of a trouble with our spouse, trouble with our kids or we think God just told me to pick up all my stuff and move to a whole other state. How in the world am I going to do that? But I want you to know that God isn't just trying to show up in the big things in your life. He's trying to show up in those little conversations that you have with those people that you that that you have with that spouse that decides, hey, you can go to church, but I'm not coming. And and those kids that are rebellious that say, I don't want anything to do with God. But you know that they need him. He wants to be in those situations because he's even already overcome those. You know, when you when you pray to him and ask him for help, he'll give you the right words at just the right time. That's who he is. And he's always looking to help you. And you got to quit just relying on your own strength and rely on him. You know, these men, they relied on their own strength just to move the natural, which I encourage you to do that. Rely on your own strength and the natural to move the obstacles of feeling uncomfortable or feeling awkward in front of your friends, your coworkers, your spouse. Move past that. I'm asking you to get past yourself here because that's difficult for us. It's difficult for me. And the other thing, too, guys, is it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes you're going to ask somebody else, and I'll tell you straight up, I've been. I've asked all different types of people to come to church. I've asked a complete stranger. I've asked a friend. I've asked family members. But I'll tell you, the hardest that you're going to encounter is to ask if somebody will come to church. When you ask somebody, does it feel unnatural? Is it sinful? You see, I lived a life back in Ohio that was stupid and dumb. I had to, at one point, decide, hey, I'm not going there. And I had to encourage people that I walked a, a bad road with to change. And that's the hardest and most humbling thing that you can probably experience when you speak to your friends about changing their lives. So we were doing this. Just last week, we were doing this. What do you, 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 just went, you just went to the bar last night, and now you're trying to over here and tell me that I need to get my life changed? You need to get your life changed. And all along, you're sitting there saying, I'm trying to, and I'm trying to tell you now to do the same. And that's difficult for us. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. But I promise you, 
God rewards that, just like he rewarded this man that was on the mat because of his four friends. Like they said, it was four friends that had made him whole. Jesus did the work, but it was the faith of the four that, that made it come to pass. And the other thing I want to encourage you in is another scripture that I have here. And this is Matthew 10, 14. And it says, and if anyone doesn't listen to you and rejects your message, when you leave that house or town, shake the dust off your feet as a prophetic act that you will not take their defilement with you. You see, when you ask somebody to come to church or come to at the movies, maybe there's a good chance that they're going to tell you no. Maybe there's a good chance that they're going to reject you. And I'm not going to lie and act like that feeling is okay. Like, man, oh, my theater is great. You sit there for a minute and sulk in that moment. Like, oh, I wish I could have been there. But, but God in this scripture, he just gave you permission. He said, don't, don't, don't harbor it. Don't hang on to it. It's okay because guess what? You did your part. I just needed you to do part of the, just part of it. And, and a lot of us, we think that we're always going to see the harvest. But I'll tell you, some of you were just going to plant a seed. Some of you were going to come along and water that seed. And then some of you were going to see the harvest. But I want to tell you that. You might know some people right now in your life that are ready for a harvest. That are ready to come up and come to this church and be just like this man on the mat. Ready to receive restoration, but they just don't know how to get there. I mean, the man on the mat couldn't even walk to get there. Your friends probably can walk. Sometimes they need an encouraging word. And I'll tell you, you might be sitting there embarrassed to talk to them, but I bet I'll bet you that there are some people that are looking at you at your workplace and they're thinking, man, man, Jesus is going to touch her life. Man, man, she just seems to have it, have it all together even when it's not looking like it's together. And they want to know how. But they're equally if not more embarrassed to come up to you and say, hey, do you mind telling me about this God thing you got going on in your life? you got to get past yourself and realize that it's just as hard for them, if not harder. you got to get them here so that they can be in this place and they can experience restoration. They can experience that moment when God said, pick up your mat and walk. You see how easy it is. It's just that easy. Jesus wants to do that for you in your life. He wants to do it for you and he wants to do it for your friends. So I'm encouraging you, bring some people to at the movies. We've got these cards here. They look like this. You saw them last week. Last week they were really big. They like screamed in your face, come to at the movies. You've got to be here. Now they're a little smaller. A little bit more pleasant to hand out to people. They look cool though. We've given you two. There's a reason we didn't give you 10 or 15 or have a free-for-all basket outside so you can just take as many as you want. Even though we want as many people as will come, we know that there's people that are on your heart. And those are the people that you need to walk out. And I'll tell you, there's power, man. When you take this card home, pray over it. Lord, man, I thank you. I thank you for this person that's on this card. And I thank you that when I hand them this card, that there's going to be a divine interaction with them and that there's going to be restoration brought to their life, and I'm going to encourage them to come to my church, and, and Lord, I thank you that they're going to say yes, and I thank you that even if they don't say yes, I'm going to walk away with the hope that I planted a seed. Give them the card, whoever's on your heart. Be intentional, because if you just walk up to them and go, here, take the card, 
and walk away? They're going to be like, what is this? Is this a bookmark? Am I supposed to meet you at KDH up the beach? Are we, are we literally going to the movies and they're going to be, they're going to show up at the time and they're going to be like, dude, where are you at? You're going to be like, I'm at church. Where are you? You didn't read the back of the card? Be intentional about your future. You know, I was just this last Easter here that we had at Coastal. I had the opportunity to, everybody gets the opportunity even now to say, hey, invite somebody, invite somebody to come to Jesus. Man, this is a great service. Well, I was with Tommy and we were up at Sherwin-Williams picking up paint. And I was in there and I was walking out with the paint in my hands. And, you know, God speaks to me. He says, you should invite, you should invite Nate to church. And Nate's kind of the guy that's like, that just is in charge of making sure everything's good to go at, uh, at Sherwin-Williams. If I'm wrong, you can talk to Nathan about that. Maybe I should have asked him. So he says to me on my way out, he's like, you should talk to Nate about coming to church for Easter. And I was like, no, I'm good. Don't put me in that position. I'm here every day, God. Like, come on. If he says no, I'm going to see him tomorrow. So, man, I put that put the paint down, and I turned around, and I went up to him, and I said, Nate, man, you got any place to go for Easter, for Easter Sunday? You should come check my church out, man. It's a good place, good people. You got tons of people that are loving on you, and they don't even have to know you to love on you. That's who we are. And he said, you know, man, I haven't really given it much thought, but I'll think about it. You know, they didn't come, but that's okay. Planted the seed. He knows anytime. Now he knows anytime he needs something. If it's church related, he's like, man, I can just ask Bryce. He's talked to me about it before. And so I was getting ready to pick up my paint, walk back out. And God says, "What do you think you're doing? You're not done." What? And I knew exactly who we had on my heart in that moment. The guy who used to make those things with Ben. Man, I like Ben. Ben's cool. Ben's a fun guy. Always a good conversation. put him on my heart, and I'll tell you, I knew before I even asked Ben to come to church that he would come to Easter. I had him pegged. Knew it in my heart. So God said, I want you to do it anyways. So I went up to Ben, and I said, hey, man, you know, because you heard me ask Nate. And I said, you know what, I just asked Nate. I said, that's for you too, Ben. My church is for you too. My God is for you too. And I want to encourage you that you can come too, man. And he looked at me, and he said, no, that's okay. Church isn't for me. I said, it's kind of a deal. I can't walk in there and expect to be set ablaze by your presence. He's like, yeah. And I said, well, it won't. I said, you, you'll find out real quick that it won't. I said, if you're going to be saturated in anything, it's just going to be love, not fire. So I've faced rejection. And it's okay. God can take the rust off my feet knowing that I did my part. So don't be discouraged today because you hear and think about, man, i got to ask somebody at this church. Be encouraged. Because God's given you a responsibility, and that's a big deal to get responsibility from God. That means he trusts you with something. So that should encourage you. You know, you might be in here this morning, and you might be thinking, Bryce, this is all good and everything, but I can't ask somebody to come to church because I'm the one that needs the restoration in my life. I'm not just saying asking Jesus for your friends, it's for you too. And I want you to come here and I want you to come with an expectancy that Pastor Stephen is going to put something out there and come straight from the Holy Spirit that's just going to get your heart and take you to Jesus.
maybe you've maybe you've been in here a couple times, or maybe this is your first time here. You've never received Christ. You don't know what that reputation looks like. You don't know what that friendship looks like. You think, I want that. Or maybe you have had it, but you've spent time walking down the wrong road, and you've encouraged your friends to do the wrong thing, and now you're saying, oh my gosh, I've spent so much time doing wrong, and I've sunk myself so far, I can't even see daylight. And you're telling me that God still wants to hang out with me and still wants me to come home when I've, when I've told my friends that it's okay to go out and do these things? But I'll tell you, man, that's why his grace is bigger than anything you could ever imagine. He does want you to come home. He wants you to come right back. He doesn't care about the mistakes you're making right now in this moment. He just wants you to turn around, and I'm telling you, it's just as easy as making a turn and then taking a step and another step. So many of us, we get overwhelmed thinking about God and, and having a close relationship. We think, oh my gosh, you're asking me to do so much, and he's not. Honestly, all God's really asking you to do is just kind of come to him personally. And I'm telling you, it's important. I, I've Honestly, I have just realized the importancy, the importancy of coming to God first thing. When Tiffany's been saying, if you roll over and, and you pick your phone and it's the person you look at, you have a problem, I'm that person. I'm the problem. I pick up my phone and I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, I need to come back. <laughs> so I've just started the first thing I do is pick up my phone. Because I tell you, it shifts your whole focus to be on the things of God for the rest of the day. It's like every little thing that you do, meeting somebody, shaking their hand, talking with them, encouraging them to come to the movies, it's all based off of what you probably read that morning. And I'll tell you, God is, God is precise. You'll read something in your word that morning that he plans for you to apply in your life that very day. That's who he is. It, there's, there's a purpose for, for your reading schedule. There's a reason why, man, I was in 1 Thessalonians, but I'm jumping over to Philippians for some random reason, and I haven't even finished it. And then you read it, and two hours later, you're like, man, thank God I read Philippians. That's how he rolls. So this morning, if you're in here, and you have yet to make that decision and give your life to Christ and walk with him and have that restoration in your life, or like I said before, maybe you have made it, but you've walked away and you're feeling the weight and the shame, get rid of it. Because the Bible says there's no more condemnation. And let's just have a relationship with Christ. Let's just turn around and let's just start walking back. So this morning, if you're in here, I just want to say a prayer with you. If you want to receive Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask that every head in here be bowed and every eye closed. And I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want us to all pray it together. 